Don't stop me now, because I want it all. Thanks for tuning in to Seaside Pod Review, a podcast about the music of Queen. I'm Randy, and on beer number 11, it's Kevin. And once a week, we enunciate clearly our ridiculous opinions on random songs from the catalog of one of the most eclectic bands in rock history. Stay tuned. Brand new angle, highly commendable. Seaside Pod Review. Seaside Pod Review. Gives a kiss. Seaside Pod Review. I'm not giving you a kiss. Okay, we are here again for episode five, Randy? I think it's five, Kev. Yeah, or Mr. Randy. Sorry, Mr. Randy. I know he likes to be addressed as Mr. Randy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, Randy will do. Randy will do. Okay. uh, Yeah, no, that'll do. Uh, and then I forget who it was or who was on Twitter that called me Mr. Randy. I think only when you're going to scold me, should, should we be called, should I be called Mr. Randy? Yeah. Oh, I see. Well, if we're going to pick our own names, then I would like to be called. Well, no, no, I didn't pick, I didn't pick that though. No, but you pick, you said that you don't want to be called Mr. Randy. You want to be called Randy. So I want to be called Jet from now on. Cause that's a cool Jet. name. No, Wizard. Jet Wizard. Fuck. Jet Wizard. No, <laughs> no, fuck. It's no. Jet from now on. It's, it's terrible. It's a terrible name, isn't it? Yeah, that's no good. That's no good. Yeah. I mean, my, fa- my father wasn't born as a sergeant major, so I can't really be Jet, right? So no, no. <laughs> lame reference. That is that is uh, that is problematic. Yeah. Well, did you know, Randy, that today, as we are recording, um, is well, tomorrow I should say, as we record tomorrow, is the anniversary of the death of one of our very, very favorite musicians. Oh, um, boy. George Harrison. George Harrison, yeah, 21 years ago today, uh, tomorrow, he he passed away, which, again, I mean, God, how old was he? 50-something? Like, he was... He wasn't that old. Yeah. 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 That one, that one was keenly felt. Yeah. Yeah. I hear you. I hear you. Well, I think that that was it was nice, because you and I went to see McCartney in Regina, together with our wives, and I remember when he when McCartney played something... And he started, remember, he started out on the ukulele and sort of had that little intro where he dedicated it to his friend. And, you know, we always forget about that. These huge rock stars and the Beatles had all this, these contentious things within their dynamic. But at the end of the day, they were just a bunch of kids from Liverpool who started out hanging around together and playing guitars and they were friends, yeah. you know, so. Yeah, no doubt. I thought that was, that was very sweet. And uh, Something is one of my favorite Beatles songs. Me, you know, it's such an impossible thing to say, but, you know, it could be yeah. one of my favorite songs of all time. Well, I mean, it is one of my favorite songs of all time. Yeah. Uh, beautiful song. Did you ever do that one live, Randy? No, no. I've no. never played that live, no. Because you did Don't... Uh, Don't Let Me Down. Don't Let Me Down, you did, yeah. Yeah, we did. And uh, I've done a few. Uh, Lady Madonna. I don't know, a bunch. Yeah. Just never just never something, yeah. Well, did you ever tackle any Queen songs live in any of your cover bands? Well, yeah, that's that's a great question. And... To my recollection right now, at this moment, I don't think we did. No Queen songs. Yeah. Yeah. It's tough to pull off, man, right? They really are. Yeah. 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 They are. They are tough to pull off in in, uh, many ways. Absolutely. Well, so what we should do, mate, is we should wrap up last week's episode quickly with uh, We Will Rock You. So I wanted to just quickly play in something for you and we'll just have a quick chat about it as as we're sort of listening to it. But one of our listeners had reminded me of a version of We Will Rock You that I had on, I don't know, bootleg CD. I mean, I think it would have been very early 90s is my recollection, is I'd found this CD and it was it was 
the the first time that I'd heard the fast version actually recorded. Okay. I assume it was from those same, same sessions that I we played on the last episode, but but this one's got like a it, it's got an, a truncated slow part and yep. then a little middle section that's kind of different, and then it goes into the fast version. So I'll just play I'll play a little bit of it for you, and then uh, see what you Let's think. Pretty straight to the original, right? Yeah, so the intro is just normal. Hey, yeah. Just, yeah. But go straight into this bit, right? So they cut out those two other verses. Right. Ah, yeah, there you go. Different solo too. And that's the way you quite often play it live with those double bends. Yeah. So then coming out of this section now, we get this little weird, this little weird middle section now. Oh yeah, sound effect or something there, eh? Buddha rejected Brahmanism and mocked at its rituals. As for Brahma, the Buddha didn't deny his existence, but regarded him as a deluded spirit who imagined he had created the universe. And then it goes into the fast version of the right, talk the last time. Right. And then again, something came up as we were as in the comments um, under this episode that it's funny because we all, we call this one the fast version and the original the slow version. But if you actually listen, if you if you count out the tempo and how fast Freddie's singing, the original version is actually faster than this one. It's just it sounds because it's it's, it's it's much double time, right? Almost like they're playing more sort of eights and sixteenths in this one, so it sounds faster. Right, but the other one's half time. Yeah, so just just thought laser, right? but Freddie, if you sort of take off the vocal, isolate the vocal, and put it over top of that fast version, it. Comes right. in, it comes in longer, right? So, yeah, I see what so you're saying. Go. Yeah, yeah, cool. So yeah, next... well, just as that was going by, I was, uh, I don't think I commented last time, but uh, really distorted guitar. Hey, on when that riff comes in, like, let's play a little bit of it, yeah, seriously distorted. Just uh, I meant the other, the earlier section, yeah, just the that bit. Dirty. Yeah. Pretty cool, huh? I love it. Yeah, del- delicate Brian May. He could certainly rock out that boy. That's right. So we were talking uh, before we came along, and I don't think you looked at the poll. Um, I did not. So, you know, we will rock you. One of the champions, or should it bite the dust? Again, I mean, I, if somebody to love, I thought for sure would have been as close to 100% as we might get. We will rock you. I couldn't, I couldn't think of anything that would be closer but still 85.7% champion, yep. 14.3% bites the dust, which I think equates to six bites the dust. Right. Now, mm. this brought up a little bit of a conversation, and it's something that I've had a conversation with people about before, is this idea of things being overplayed. Yeah. 
And so oversaturation on the radio or in media, you know, when things end up in commercials, all those types of things where you just, when you hear it too much, you just get sort of, you know, you get sick of hearing it. You don't necessarily want to hear it anymore. But to me, that doesn't really impact on the quality of the song. And I think I would like to think that when people are voting on this, certainly the way I approach it when I'm sort of casting my my vote is, well, the song on its merits, not as, you know, if it's been played a million times. And again, as I've we've talked about million, millions of times, I just don't listen to radio. So I don't tend to get a lot of that oversaturation. So I've been sort of, I haven't heard Queen on the radio every day for the last 20 years because I haven't listened to the radio for the last 20 years. So maybe it is a little bit different. I come from it in a slightly different context to some people, but... What are your thoughts on, on sort of overplayed and oversaturation? What do you think? Yeah, uh, of course. I mean, I can see how I could see how you would not like the song anymore because you've heard it so many times. I've got there's lots of songs like that for me. Uh, lots of songs that I've played so much that I'm I'm tired of them and I don't want to ever hear them again. Yeah, but you know they don't get to be a song in the, of that stature if they're not good to start with. So yeah, I would hope that I would hope that anybody that that's listening would yeah would 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 you know cast their vote on the merit of the song and not uh, just because it's been overplayed that, you know, that's why they downvoted. But, yeah. you know, hey, man, I can only control me. Absolutely. So uh, on Twitter, yeah, PJ, at new underscore Mercury, says, come on, downvoters, give your head a wobble. It is amazing how listenable it still is despite being everywhere. And he even made a Spotify playlist of it a while ago. So this Spotify playlist he made is basically every version, every sort of version, official version of uh, We Will Rock You on record that we have. And <laughs> I I sat and listened to it. You did not. And it's it's listenable. Like, it's not. I mean, I wouldn't do it all the time, but it, you don't. I didn't get completely sick of it, let's say that. Because there's yeah. lots of live versions on there, you know. And So there's 19 that Queen released as official releases? As official releases, yeah. Version, versions, wow. Well, ones you know you've got well Queen. Well, like I mean, yeah, got, live, live. I yeah. get it. I you know I get it. They release concert, concert tapes. So well, and then one's Brian May, you know, and one a couple of them are the it's the We Were Rocky musical, and then Queen and Paul Rogers and Queen and Adam Lambert, which again hardcore fans don't really think of as Queen because it's not right. I mean, John's not there, Freddie's not there. It's you know yeah. And then off the off the movies, the the remastered one. So yeah, so, I don't know. I thought that was kind of a neat thing um, that PJ did. Nice. Very cool. Yeah, Darren Halliwell, voted champion. The fast version is my favorite, and this is a recurring theme. Um, Rob Hatton agreed I voted it champion, but to be honest, I much prefer the fast version to the original, which I never go out of my way to listen to. I recognize its place in cultural history, but it's not one of my favorites by any means. Yeah, fair enough. And then, uh, yeah, Joe from uh, Lappods agreed the fast one is the shit. Lisa, totally agree. I love the fast version. So this is getting, you know, we're getting really sort of a lot of love for the fast version. Um, Corey Morissette, yeah. um, our friend from the uh, and the podcast will rock podcast. Can't believe the poll is as close as it is. The only explanation I can think of, besides contrarians and cult members, is the sheer <laughs> oversaturation of hearing it virtually every day for forty five years. And he prefers the vast version also. Yeah, well, that does seem fairly uh, common, eh? Yeah, and so yeah, and then um, Stuart Charlesworth, spot on with this, brilliant on its own as two minute pop rock, but with the we are the champions alongside it, it grows exponentially. Um, and some very nice words. It says, great work so far on your podcast, even though your critique on the Prophet song was a bit like saying, stars are too shiny for your tastes. <laughs> so a little bit more pushback, Rand. <laughs> uh, and then, uh, so I'm going to take a, a run at this name. So I think it's Edushkaya Beltranova mentions the the prime numbers in the in the, the crowd, the stomp, stomp, clap. 
Yeah. Um, so I'm going to look into that a little bit more. I didn't, I didn't get a chance to sort of look into that. It goes on to say it's much more than a song. It's like a hymn that's always been there. Even young kids do the rhythm, albeit they might not know the song. Just stomp, stomp, clap, and everyone will join you instantly. And I think that's definitely true. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Queen Rocks Australia. So that's a, an Aussie uh, Queen tribute act. Um, it's in mostly with the others who like the fast version. But the best version is the BBC session, which includes the slow version, the fast version, the reading from Herman Hesse's Siddhartha, which is what we were listening to to start there. Right, right. Yep. Yeah, and Leighton Brown <laughs> said, uh, stop the count. Stop he, the count. He posted, so he, he voted champion, um, and then literally sort of a minute after I posted the poll and then and posted that, so I was like, yeah, I should close the poll now, and then we've got a winner, right? So, yeah. <laughs> uh, so that's our Twitter. That's our Twitter for today. Nice. So we've got another song to go. We've got to pick another song, Randy. All right. Let's do it. Anything that you're thinking of, anything that you'd like to listen today. I mean, you're not going to get it, obviously, because the wheels are bastard, but what do you think? You still want something you don't know? No, my mind's an open, an open slate tonight. And uh, I can, I'm just going to roll with whatever happens, man. How about you? Well, I mentioned him earlier, Corey Morissette, our friend from the Van Halen podcast. I know there's one song that he absolutely loves. Now, his favorite song is Somebody to Love. So we've already done that one. But I think it's fair to say his second favorite song um is a, a really sort of poignant song that freddie mercury wrote about his cat delilah oh, right. um, and Corey told me um in confidence but i think he won't mind me sharing that with all of our listeners that um he openly wept as a grown man he openly wept when he listened to that song because he found it oh. so touching and, and he just he just couldn't believe how beautiful and uh and stunning it was so so Corey, if we went if we spin delilah I'll, I'll, I'll maybe i'll give you a quick call and you can jump on for us so he's a man with a soft heart he's a man with a very soft heart right should we give it a spin let's spin it man Give it. Like the bit when it slows down, then we get to see what are we getting. All right, all right. What's oh. going on here? Come on. <laughs> Heaven for everyone. Do not know this one. Yeah, so I was going to go out to the limb and say that you didn't. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely don't. This is the album again that's sort of a little bit polarizing among Queen fans because it was, you know finished and mixed and sort of everything was cobbled together after Freddie had gone. There weren't actually very many original songs, actually maybe two, two or two, possibly three songs on there that were sort of, that used material that Freddie recorded, you know, in the gap between Innuendo and and this album, Um, with most of the rest of it being sort of pulled from either earlier sessions or stuff that, I even one song that he did with, he recorded with um, Roger Taylor's solo band, The Cross, Um, so they took sort of his lyric and put it, queenified it basically is what they did, right? So, um, so, but this one, yeah, this one's, um, and I think this is actually that song. Now that I've gone through all that, I was saying, oh, which song is it? Well, it's this song. Ah, oh, yes, Kev, I see here too. It is written by Roger Taylor. Very interesting. It is, and was on, as I, I remember correctly, um, and I haven't listened to that album in many, many a year. Um, yeah. It was on Roger Taylor's album, or the Cross's album, uh, Shove It. Um, and that was... It sounds like it might have been, he might have started writing that one in 86 during the kind of magic sessions, what I'm seeing. Um, but obviously it was never finished. And so they recorded, it looks like, one doing backing vocals, where Freddie's doing backing vocals for Roger. And yeah. then one obviously where uh, Freddie's doing the lead vocal, which would have been the one that was was used on this song. Um, pretty sure it was released as a single. I'm pretty sure. A twelve-inch single only, according to Wikipedia here. Well, I think that's oh, that's the nope. that's the Crosses version. Sorry, though. yeah, yeah, my bad. Yeah, you're right. Okay, there we go. Yeah, so it was released as a single on 
23rd of October, 1995. Ah. So number eight, number two in UK. Uh, doesn't look like it charted in the US at all. Canada, no, it didn't chart in Canada. Number four in Austria, number four in Belgium. Um, yeah, so... Number one in Hungary. Number one, well, you know, they're always number one in Hungary, right? <laughs> <laughs> or Budapest, man, the live at Budapest is... They were they actually were pretty big and fucking hungry, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Hungarians like it. Those, those Magyars, they like a bit of Queen, my friend. Yeah, uh, and the Nederlanders too. There's uh, hit number two there. Well, I think that's partially because I know that the cross were pretty big in Germany and the Netherlands. So I, I bet mm-hmm. you that was a little bit of a trickle over from that where, you know, it's a song that they would have been familiar with and, and well, it's Queen too. So. Yeah, of course. All right. Well, let's, uh, why don't we give it a listen and see what, uh, see what all the hubbub's about. Let's do it. Mm, Beltry. This could be hell. So yeah, it's quite a again like in it's nineteen what ninety five we said releases a single. It's quite a long intro. It's quite a yep. slow build, you know. Yeah, yeah. It, it was it, but it was recorded much before that, wasn't it? Well, this version would have been so that they would have literally just pulled the vocals for this off oh, that yeah. cross track, and they would have completely. I think I'm pretty sure they just completely re-recorded the instrumentation altogether. Yeah, here this makes sense. So it says eighty seven, and then it was recorded in ninety three. To 95 yeah. so they pulled his vocals from 87 and then added on it probably over a few years yeah this could be heaven forever this could be heaven this could be heaven and I wonder if because they said like there was two they recorded you know Freddie singing the lead and then Freddie singing back up for Roger's version I wonder if this I'd have to go back and listen to see if I can find I think that version might be kicking around um, to find out if those, this must be heaven, all those little um, interstitial bits, I wonder if those were pulled from that backing track. Kind of mm-hmm. almost feels like it would be, right? Yeah, it could be, yeah. This could be heaven, this could be heaven forever. In these days of cool reflection, you come to me. Everything seems alright in these days of cold affection. You sit by me. So who? Uh, I wonder who's playing. That would be interesting to find out who was playing all this stuff. I was just thinking: is that is that Freddie on the the keys? I mean. Uh, it really sounds it really sounds of its era, doesn't it? Oh God, yeah, yeah. No, and we'll we'll sort of get into this a little bit, you know, with some of those later records. Obviously, again, you're not as familiar with those, but it was a sort of a criticism of Queen that they didn't really use keyboards very well a lot of the time. Where and a lot of those songs, because of that, do sound very very dated. You know, yeah. when they did use them well. They work like I think Radio Gaga holds that you know the keyboard stuff in that really really holds well, and a lot of stuff on the game works, but a lot of the other stuff they did just doesn't really just doesn't hold. So this one, yeah, I'm just looking here. Well, whenever you use whenever you use keyboards of the the day, you uh, you know it's kind of like you know like the Yamaha DX7. You know everybody 
everybody in the eighties had one of those. And, and oh, so, yeah. you know, and you ended up having it on everything. And so it, it dates the stuff. So, and just looking at this, it was Roger Taylor who played keyboards on this one. Oh, well, there you go. Everything's fine. This could be heaven for everyone. This world could be fed. This world could be fun. This could be heaven for everyone. This world could be free. This world could be one. <sighs> Man. I'm just going to start getting into this right off the bat. I, I don't love these lyrics. I just, and this is where Roger Taylor is one of those sort of really hot and cold lyricists where he can be, when he writes about, when he does the sort of, I don't know, like cock rock type lyrics where it's sort of just a bit more casual and throwaway, it, 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 he's good at that. You know, he's really good at that. That's And it's the same thing like Gene Simmons is good at and and David Lee Roth and Stephen Tyler. He's sort of better at that kind of stuff. When he, when he gets sincere... It just feels a bit, uh, a bit naive and a bit schmaltzy and a bit, uh, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I do. I mean, so you know, the the first thing that comes to mind when you talk about Roger Taylor and his lyrics is is I'm in love with my car. I mean, <laughs> of course, I think I think because I love, I actually really like the song, but I really think the lyrics are awful. And uh, and you know, I mean, out of the like, this is my first time hearing this, and just yeah. I'm reading the lyrics, and uh, they they look they look like they're you know, they look like they're <laughs> written by somebody, you know, from a grade nine sort of perspective. But oh, I'm probably going to take a get a lambasting for that. But yeah, I don't know because I think again, I mean, it shouldn't be too hard on it. I mean, it's a the sentiment's nice because he's you know he's saying that this world could be fed, this world could be fun. But again, I mean, well, you know, maybe give a few millions to the people who need to be fed and maybe they could have a bit more fun, Rog. It's a bit <laughs> preachy. It's a bit, it's the Bono thing, right? It's the Bono fucking, I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, that, that's, that is a challenging thing to, to write, to write lyrics and not, not sound like you're standing on a pedestal and, and, and preaching. Right. Yeah. Like you said, like the, the Bono thing, right? Yeah. <laughs> Love him as a singer, Bono, I, just as a human being, just, just fuck off, man. Just how, gonna... It's going to fly around the world and tell world leaders what to do with their countries. Excuse me. How arrogant are you exactly? <laughs> yeah. Have you, heard, have you heard Bono's a capitalist now? He's embraced yeah. capitalism. He understands that capitalism is good now. Yeah. <laughs> Bless his heart. Uh... In this world Your smile can smooth my ride. You know, talk, I mean, talking about the lyrics, the verses aren't actually, they're not as bad. The verses I don't mind because they're a bit more sort of, they're personal to, he's obviously singing to sort of a, a lover or a partner or whatever. It's a bit more, it's a bit more introspective rather than, <laughs> rather than preachy, which is what the chorus gets into. Right, right. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Fair enough. Couple little tasty licks there too. I don't know if yeah, I'm sure you heard them. Oh yeah, there's lots of that too. And that's musically, this songs I you know like apart from the keyboards are a bit dated, but I don't think they're they're not too too bad. You can tell it's sort of you know mid nineties, but they're not awful. Um, but yeah, and Freddie's singing the shit out of it. So well, yeah, that's the other thing I was going to say too is uh, uh, you know with 
with in terms of lyrics sometimes uh sometimes something doesn't they don't the lyrics might not read very nicely but they'll sing nicely yeah and of course with freddie you know he sings everything nicely so so yeah it's still working these troubled days of cruel rejection you come to me soothe my troubled mind I just want to check, Randy, quickly. I'm curious whether it's not a drum. I thought this one might be a drum because Roger used a lot of drum machines. Started using a lot of drum machines in sort of on the Miracle and a little bit on Hot Space, obviously, and some of this or in those later albums. Yeah, you've got this fucking guy who's one of the best rock drummers of all time, and just the fucking and there's, there's takes of him playing some of those songs on the drums, and then they sub in this goddamn drum machine. It just sounds awful. But this one. Even though it's kind of a low, very sort of subdued beat, it does sound like an acoustic kit to me. Would you say so? Yeah, I, I, it, it, it did to me, but I mean, that doesn't necessarily mean that's true. No. Uh, I was going to notice, uh, I was going to mention actually, sorry, how deep, how deep his snare sound is. My, 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 my inclination is that, uh, is that he's, uh, he's playing. Yeah. It doesn't sound like a Lindrum to me. I mean, I mean, I guess it could be, but I, I don't think so. Yeah, because I think they would have gone 90, so yeah, you're into that 95 here, 97 here, you think you more or less got away from Simmons at that point, because they're not, well, no, I suppose Simmons was still, well, that was more mid-80s, wasn't it, really? Mid-80s. Yeah, I guess, you know, I guess really a Lindrum, they probably wouldn't be using it at the, at, in the 90s either, really. Mm. That that could be, uh, yeah, it, it sounds like a, a real kit. Yeah, this could be heaven for everyone. This world could be fair. This world should be fun. This should be love forever. This world should be free. This world should be one. We should bring love to our daughters and sons. And again, I think you get that. So now you've got those two takes where Freddie's done that. You know, it's fortuitous, and they sort of get lucky with that. That he recorded a version with Roger singing lead and him singing harmony. Or singing backing vocals and singing like a lead track, so you've got they've got these two parts that they can blend together, and it's ready, so it's always going to fit. So, yeah, very getting cool. A bit, getting a bit lucky here. Yeah, no doubt. Dramatic key change, Randy. We must be heading into the bridge. Uh oh. Hold on. <laughs> Where's that confounded bridge? Where's that confounded bridge? And that, I just think that bridge is a bit, like for Queen, it's just a little bit middling. You know what I mean? Like it just it sort of... Kind of average, just average. Yeah, it just flops about a bit, doesn't really go anywhere. Yeah. It's, you know... Yeah, Freddie does a couple cool little little vocal jabs in there, but yeah, that's that's about it. Yeah, it's, it feels it feels a bit mushy for a Queen bridge, eh? Yeah, for sure. Well, they're great, they're great at having, uh, you know... Two or three middle eights in a song sometimes. <laughs> a D and E and an F section. That's right. Yeah. The middle 24. 
there that's that's where it starts to sound like queen yeah uh, i mean you know obviously freddie's singing but yeah that's where it really takes on a, a real queen feel but it's still a little I, I feel this one's a little bit reserved as well with his playing like he's playing it's, it's almost like you could sort of hear white snake than the white snake song you know what i mean like it's not got quite as much the sounds there you know he's got the, the big harmonies and it sounds like brian's guitar but what he's actually playing the notes he's playing they're not quite as sharp or they're not quite as innovative as a lot of the stuff that he did i don't know could be talking out my ass yeah yeah i don't know I, i'm not sure i agree with you there it's to me it sounds just like just like brian yeah fair enough i'll shut up now <laughs> but i'll let the guitarist have the last word on that one <laughs> <laughs> jesus <laughs> Right, that is fucking awful. Like, I just that I could that whole lyric just makes me cringe. Like Stripped my arsehole, my arsehole's the size of a fucking an atom right now. Is just how how tightly I'm clenched. Stripped and torn and show me no pity. And show no, no, not show no pity, show no pity to make it rhyme yeah. with dignity. Like it just, yeah, yeah, no, no pity, he said. Yeah, it's yeah. so <laughs> contrived. It's awful. <laughs> and I remember at the time, like I, you know, I, I even, so I would have been what? I would have been 95, Okay, so I would have been 22. Yeah. So my taste in music at 22, I would say, was less than refined. And I was a massive Queen fan. And even then, that, I remember thinking, oh God, that's not great. Let's... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it doesn't it doesn't bother me that much. But you know, I mean, could there have been a better a better a rhyme? I mean, I don't know. Well, and it's not been overplayed for you yet, Randy, right? <laughs> Maybe it's no. been overplayed for me. So no, it hasn't been it has it hasn't been even played yet at this point. <laughs> <laughs> I will say that I do like that progression. It's a very, you know, it's a well-worn little progression that down downward sort of downstep scale. But I do, I, I think, with that, this could be heaven with Freddie singing it the way he's singing over top. It does. It's, it's kind of a nice, rich, warm feeling, right? To the to the whole tone of that little section of the song, which I do quite like. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, uh, it really sounds great. It's you know, it's a great production. Obviously, these guys can afford a great production, and and that's what it sounds like. This could be heaven for everyone. This could be heaven. Should be heaven. This could be heaven. Yeah, so we're talking about the drums, so that's definitely live toms. You know, you can you can hear that for sure. That's live toms. That's not been that's not sequenced or have I lost you? Yeah. Okay. No, no, <laughs> no. I was just, uh, I was just thinking. I wasn't paying attention to the toms there, so I. Oh, okay. I, I just, I couldn't make a, I couldn't make a comment. <laughs> and I think too, like I said, I mean, I think what is cool about this, and you know, we we'll probably will get into where it maybe doesn't work on some of the other songs on this album, where I think it does work on this one, and maybe it's because, you know, because they had those, those, those takes from the, from the original recording of this song for the, for the cross. And Roger would have been with Freddie when they recorded them. Yeah, but they feel more—they feel more organic, and they actually fit. 
with it because obviously it's all cobbled together. And I'm, I'm guessing probably that this is you know they've taken pieces from several takes to sort of fit in these the little vamping bits where Freddie's going going around you know with the different phrases. But again, it, sometimes that works when you do that retrospectively, and sometimes it doesn't. With this one, I kind of think I kind of think it does vocally. Yep, I think it does. And like you're, you know, like you're saying, it was obviously a fully produced song for another band. So they would have an abundance of of, of good takes and, and probably yeah. some good takes that didn't get used in the original one, too. So absolutely. And and I, of course, I have no frame of reference for that. But Did you hear the toms there? I did. Yeah, they they sound like <laughs> real toms. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was going to say that I, I think this is the point where if you look at you know how much time we have left in this song, I think at this point you could have probably you could be a, the best way through the fade out here, almost finished. I think because the song's done now, right? I mean, there's nothing else going on in the song now, so yeah, yeah it just it just looks like according to the lyrics, it just repeats here. So yeah, yeah. so we'll see see if they go anywhere else because I can't remember actually whether they do anything interesting. And I don't think they do, but we'll give it a listen out. Sure. Should say too that actually John's playing some nice stuff in there. When you go back and listen, like he's oh, you got some shakers there. Yeah, they have some nice eggs going on there too, by the sounds of it. Uh, sorry, yeah, I cut you off. Is who's doing some nice playing? Yeah, John. Oh. Like John's playing. He's he's bending around the the, the, the sort of the, the scales there and putting some again some very tasteful but still quite tasty stuff in there and sitting underneath. He's not getting in the way or anything, but you know he's not prominent. You don't notice yeah. the bass necessarily in the song, but in the outro, I think you, you do get a little bit of that more of that uh, that improvisation. <laughs> And there we have it. Have it for everyone. There we go. Yeah. Well, like I said, it's definitely, uh, it definitely sounds like it was recorded in the uh, era that it was recorded in. And I think those synths are what are what's giving it away. Yeah. What are your thoughts? Well, I, and I wonder, it'd be, it'd be kind of interesting to hear a take of this. I wonder if they actually did do a take with piano instead of synth. It'd be kind of interesting to hear that word because I think it would give, there would be more space in the song. Now, maybe it wouldn't work because there's not a lot of, there's not a ton of vocal content in there and there's not really anything else going on. So maybe you need those pads to sort of fill it out a little bit, but it would be kind of interesting, I think, to hear that, to just hear a take with like an, a fully acoustic set, like an arrangement that didn't lean back into those sounds. But I, even at that, I don't think it's, you know, it's, it's never going to be on any of my queen playlists, to be honest with you. I'm not going to, I'm not going to sit through this one, to be honest. No, this is, uh, this is not one that's, uh, it's going to make your, your repeated, listens of queen songs no and i mean that's i'm also not as we talked about off the top there about you know things being overplayed i'm also not showing my hand because you know i'm not saying that you know we, we talk about structurally and in terms of composition all those kind of things we have to evaluate the song on its merits which we will do and i will certainly do but i would say that i remember I, very distinctly i remember this coming out because you know when freddie died i was just inconsolable for you know the best part of a week and I, think, I don't know if I've ever told you this. I was, like, I was in the army at the time and um, in, in basic, well, not basic training, but trade training. So I, 
I, I, when Freddie died, I got the news and one of the guys came into my room and said, have you heard that Freddie Mercury died? And I said, yeah, fuck off. Don't, don't, be, don't be stupid. When I got a newspaper and, and found out yeah, that Freddie had died and just collapsed. Like I just couldn't, like, you know, emotionally, not physically, but... And so yeah. I actually sort of just locked myself in my room for basically two days. And my sergeant, my platoon sergeant, actually let me just kind of be alone for two days because everyone sort of in the in the company knew how much that was my band and that I love Freddie Mercury and Queen and everything. And they just let me get on with it for a couple of days, which is pretty unusual in military life. Like you just belt up and get on with it, right? You don't get that kind of, you don't get afforded those kinds of yeah. yeah, accommodation. There you go. So, but so that was kind of so. I remember. So after that, you know, we, we after that about a, a year after that, I think or something. There's there's these rumors that Freddie had recorded all this additional material that he wanted the band to use after he passed, and so we're kind of excited. Everyone's getting excited for this new album coming out. I remember when the album came out, and it's got that cover, that iconic cover with the statue of Freddie at um, Lake Geneva. Yeah. And I just remember thinking, well, this this could be cool. This could be cool. When the single came out. The first thing, obviously, as a Queen fan is, well, it's just brilliant to hear Freddie's voice again. We'd heard this song before, so I was like, okay, well, cool. It sounds like Queen and everything else. So I remember liking the song at the time, but again, it's one of those that just didn't stick, right? So after two, three listens, it's like, ah, that's, that's okay. That's okay. What's What else is on the album? Is there anything else that's interesting on the album? Anything a bit different? Okay, you know, and it just kind of just fell by the way. So and to be honest with you, I would say that that's the first time I've listened to this song all the way through in, oh, geez. Yeah, maybe a couple of decades. So did you, and I forget if you mentioned this earlier or not, but did you listen to it, The Cross, the version? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I love The Cross. I mean, again, I mean, in in hindsight, when I have gone back and listened to those guys, actually, that they're, again, musically, there's some pretty good stuff in there, but a lot of the lyrics are, and certainly not all the lyrics were written by Roger either. Um, quite yeah. a lot of them, on the, I think, on the second album were written by Spike Edney, who was Queen's touring keyboard player. Um um, but you know, they're and going back, they're okay. They're they're perfectly good sort of middle of the road rock albums. Um, so I was definitely aware of this song. Like I knew this song really well because you know Freddie sings on the album. So it's, what we should do, Randy, is I should throw it up quickly. You should have sure. a listen to the just have a little a little bit of a couple of sections of the the Cross's original version, and then and then we'll vote, and then we will vote. And I think uh, I think you got to go first this time. Oh really? Okay. Yeah. yeah, I can I can do that. <laughs> if you insist, sir. <laughs> While you are imagining, imagine, for instance, the sights which you can take advantage of. Very similar synth sound here. That keyboard sounds really. Actually, I wonder if that might actually be the same synth sound. Synth part. Now that I'm hearing it again. Yeah, it sure is similar, isn't it? This could be heaven. That's different, obviously. That. The sun as it shines off the clouds. Kind of wonder, listen, this now when you know Roger Maddow said, "Oh, you know what we should do? We could, we could, we could queenify heaven for everyone." And Brian or, or John saying, "Well, the first thing we do is get rid of that fucking stupid spoken word thing you did at the beginning." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Im, Im, imagine us not using that section of the song. <laughs> Heavens for everyone except the guy doing that voiceover. <laughs> Special place in hell for that guy. It's Roger. You know that, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and everything's fine. This could be heaven for everyone. 
Well, there we go, Randy. I've learned something tonight. I told I, I would have sworn blind that Freddie took some lead parts on the on the crosses version. I thought that, and I that just shows you what your memory's like, right? There you go. Well, uh, I wonder if there was an alternate version or something. Maybe you're. Yeah, you're maybe my memory's just getting muddled. Yeah, who the fuck knows, man? Yeah. So, Kev, heaven for everyone. Another one bites the dust, or we are the champions. Well, like I said, Rans, I mean, it's there's definitely sort of an emotional connection to this song, but it's offset by some schmaltzy lyrics that I just really don't love. So I'm gonna have to say. Yeah, I just again <laughs> listening to it back now as a, as a as a I'm 50 next year and, and listening to it now, it's one of those that I just think. Man, it's just it's just not a great song. Like it's it's got bits of what could be a good song, and Brian's guitar sounds great, and Freddie sounds great, and you know John's doing some some neat stuff in there, and it there are all the bits there, but it just doesn't quite come together enough, and and it's and it's undercut by some pretty second rate lyrics from Roger Taylor, I think. So, how about you? Are you gonna join me in uh, downvoting this one, or are you gonna? Are you gonna say this is one of the champions? What's your what's your vote, sir? Yeah, I think uh, I think in this instance it's just uh, you know they're polishing a turd, right? <laughs> yes. You got some yeah. you got some really really super talented, amazing people working on kind of a schmaltzy schmaltzy tune, and, and and that's and that's nothing to say about the era and the the synth sounds and all that stuff. I, I just think it's just kind of a, a schmaltzy mediocre uh, song, you know. Yeah, play, played by by really great musicians and really great studios with they probably spent you know mega dollars producing it yeah but you know and, and there again that's just my taste i'm sure there's going to be lots of people out there that think this song is fantastic and we'll have just shat on their love well you know it's that is one thing right when you when you think about a band as big as queen you could i bet you every single song in that catalog is at least one person on the planet would say that's their favorite song ever i think that's probably just true to be honest with you um, yeah. Now, I suspect that most of them are not going to listen to this podcast, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. but, you know, and that's okay. But like I said, it's one of the, it's, it's funny because going back and listening to this again now for tonight, and again, like I said, I haven't listened to this song in a really, really long time. I'm kind of surprised how underwhelmed I was. I thought I'd be a little bit more, I thought there would be more elements to this that I would think, oh yeah, I could argue that, or I could argue this. And if I was going to play devil's advocate, I could say this or that or the other, but it's, yeah, it's just a bit tepid. Like it's just a bit. Yeah, fuck, whatever, you know. It just doesn't tend to go anywhere, and the outro's too long, and the lyrics are a bit silly and naive and childish, and it's just like, yeah, no, that's yeah. a bit disappointing, but yeah, anyway. Well, if you stack it up, if you stack it up against Queen's best, it's, you know, it's not, it's not anywhere near their best. No, and that's the other problem, uh, right? You know, you know, but even, even if you don't, even if you don't measure it against anything that Queen has ever done before. Yeah. Uh, I stand by my, my my feeling is that it's, it's just kind of schmaltzy and kind of, yeah, just a bit over, over, overdrawn. And when I think, I think the other thing it shows too is, and again, you know, again, there'll be other songs in the catalog where I'll probably make the same, the sort of the same comment that queen were definitely at their best, their absolute peak when they were together in the studio, when it wasn't sort of 
John recording all the guitars and all the bass and putting a drum track on and, and Freddie then coming in later on and John wasn't even there and recording, you know, and sort of doing that, that really sort of fractious style. When they're in the studio together and creating as a band, yeah, that's when they, that's when they struck gold. You know, and and yeah. you can really sort of tell those songs where that wasn't happening. But on certain albums, certain songs, you can really hear it, right? Because and this one, this one's one of them. You lose Freddie, and he's not there. I'm sure Freddie would have, you know, there's, there's, I've had something to say about the way this was done, or whether to do it at all, you know, or to do something new. So I just, I just think it. One of that's one of the reasons I think for me it just falls a bit flat now. That's interesting too. Uh, as we pointed out earlier, is that this one, this song, this version was produced by Queen. And so I think I think sometimes without having a producer too, you don't have anybody to edit outside the band who doesn't have yeah. any, it doesn't have any 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 uh, in, anything invested emotionally, personally, or anything. Someone who just just to say, hey guys, let's you know let's let's get out of the ending quicker. Yeah, hey guys, let's. I think I think this is a little too long, or or or, just, or, or whatever you know. I mean, what you know what a producer does. Uh, and so and so maybe some maybe some of that's come to play as well. I think absolutely, 100%. Now, it's funny because, you know, the other album that they solely produced was Day of the Races, which certainly isn't the case, right? That one's yeah. beautiful, beautiful. I mean, one of the one of their best albums. But yeah. definitely, like I, I've said that before about Tom Petty on my other podcast, where I'm I'm sort of, I'm just heading into this season on um, the album Southern Accents. And after yeah. that, I'm getting into an album called Let Me Up, I've Had Enough. And that album was produced by Tom Petty and Mike Campbell alone with no, you know, Jimmy Iovine had left. It was before Jeff Lynne gets involved, before Rick Rubin, all those kinds of people saw it. And, and it suffers from the same thing. It suffers from that sort of hand to say, well, okay, but what if X or Y or Z, right? Because you do need that outside of you sometimes. Yeah. Someone to tell you that, uh, someone to tell you that, that what you're, <laughs> what you're doing is, is just sucking right now. So let's try this. Yeah. And it just, I don't know. It's just, again, when you're cobbling things together after someone's gone, you know the albums. The album was called "Made in Heaven." This is heaven for everyone. It's. Just, yeah. I can't help but feel it's a wee bit cynical. You know, just yeah. tugging, at the, tugging at the old heartstrings, and I don't. I know that's maybe a little bit cruel because. Yeah. How dare I fucking say that about guys who were actually his friends and his bandmates? But you know. Yeah, it, it kind of makes me think of the uh, the Beatles, the uh, "Free as a Bird." But I think in that instance, it worked really quite well. So, I mean, I guess it can be yeah. done, right? Oh, for sure it can um, be. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I just read here. In, t- <laughs> uh, in 2013, Brian May said about the album, Made in Heaven, yeah. um, was possibly the best Queen album we ever made. It has so much beauty in it. It was a long, long process, painstakingly put together, a real labor of love. So I think that's the case of sort of someone being way too close to it and not being able to see, you know, exactly what it was. So, yeah, yeah. Crazy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all righty well you know what we should do randy what's that kev uh, we should uh we should sign off okay. and we should give the last word on this to one um freddie mercury what do you say i think it's a good idea uh thanks everybody that's uh listening to us babble <laughs> yeah keep <laughs> keep listening to us babble we're gonna babble a lot more <laughs> look at how many songs in the <laughs> list here <laughs> tune in next week for more babbling <laughs> that's right that's right Thanks for listening, friends. Don't forget to go check out our social media and spread the word according to Queen. You can find us on Facebook at Seaside Pod Review and on Twitter at at Seaside. Don't forget to check out our pals Corey and Mark over at And the Podcast Will Rock. 
We owe the format and the inspiration for this podcast entirely to them. We'll be back with you next week to spin another song from this fantastic catalog. Stay tuned. Brand new angle, highly commendable. Seaside Park Review. Seaside Park Review. Give us a kiss. Seaside Park Review. I'm not giving you a kiss. I'm just a musical prostitute, my dear.